Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Hello Storyteller podcast. I am Melissa, and we have Meg. Hi, Meg. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> and today, today we are talking about family session tips from both as a photographer, like tips for a photographer, tips for parents. We yay. are in, yay. We are in the thick of busy season family fall sessions and I've had a couple of somewhat challenging family sessions the last couple of weeks and so I thought to myself and Megan and I were talking and we thought this might be this might be timely. <laughs> yeah. I think so. Yeah. So, a couple of things that we're going to chat about today from, and I think in both of these and all these topics, we're going to sort of share a photography perspective and a parent perspective, because that's just, I think an important piece to do. So let's talk first and foremost about session time, because I think that is something that sometimes as a parent, if you're not a photographer, obviously you're not really thinking about, or maybe you don't think about until like the last minute, I would say the majority of photographers are holding their sessions in what's known as golden hour, which is that hour to an hour and a half prior to sunset. Now, depending on where you live and depending on the time of year, that can be a really great time. That could be a a pretty inopportune time. (laughs) (laughs) So like here in, in the Northeast, I would say that that time works really, really well in like late spring, early summer, because it's, you know, it's after dinner time, but it's not like super late. So like, it's like an opportune time. Now in the fall, it's, it's tricky because like, for example, starting this week, my sessions have to be start. I have to start my sessions at like three forty-five, four o'clock. Now, if you have toddlers, typically you're bumping up now against nap time. It's before dinner. So there's some things to consider there. And if it's in the, if you're having a session in the summertime, especially like out in, on you know the West coast, sunset is late, <laughs> yeah. you know, like it's late, it's late here too, but you're looking at a session that's going to start at six thirty, six forty five, somewhere in that range. And obviously if you have little kids, um, lots of times little kids are going to bed, you know, by seven thirty, seven forty five, eight o'clock. So some things to do, some tips as a parent to make sure that your kids are as set up to be as successful as possible. <laughs> and the the name of that game is food. <laughs> Hungry kids are unhappy kids. That's just 100%. a fact. 100%. We know that for sure, just as a parent. And the same is it's it's probably magnified in a situation where not only are they hungry, but we're asking them to perform. We're asking them to cooperate. We're asking them to follow directions. And so we can see where this is going to snowball into if they are mm-hmm. if they are hungry. So here's my general tips as a parent. If you're having a session at golden hour, regardless of the time of year that you're having it, you need to plan for a a quiet sort of low key afternoon prior to the session, making sure that, you know, your kids are comfortable, that they're happy, that, you know, ideally if they, if they nap, if they can get a good nap in, of course, it always seems to be on those session days. It's those are the days that kids don't nap, but, right. But just keeping it low key because 
the session itself is going is going to be very stimulating for kids. So if they've had a super stimulating day, if they're being carted around hither and yon, that's going to make it a little more challenging for them in terms of during the session time. And then just make sure that they are well fed. With my kids, I do like a, a not quite dinner with my kids when they were little. So if we were doing a session, I would make sure that I gave them some really good like protein heavy snacks, so like yogurt, trail mix, you know, granola, like that kind of stuff that I knew was going to satiate them for enough for the session. And then after the, after the session, we'd have like a, you know, like a post session post dinner. It's kind of like living with hobbits, you know, it's like multiple dinners. And that's what we did because I'd rather sort of mess up their bedtime routine a little bit that day, maybe go to bed a little bit later than then stop them from, you know, having dinner or having food or being full. So that's, that's one piece. If you know that like the afternoon is not a good time for your kids then ask your photographer if they do sunrise sessions. I don't know about you. My kids have always been really early risers. They've always been up at the ass crack of dawn. And so honestly, I probably should just do a sunrise session with them because it probably would go, would go better, <laughs> to be honest with you. In the summertime, right, a sunrise session means you're getting up pretty early. But in September and October, sunrise is right around 7 a.m. So if your kids are usually up by like 6 or 6.30, like that could work out really well. The food thing still applies to make sure that they're, you know, you're feeding them before the session. But if you know that your kids are happier in the morning, then ask your photographer if they do sunrise sessions or early morning sessions. The, the, and the upside to that is, is a variety of things. Typically, if you're trying to get in with a photographer who's super booked, chances are they have sunrise sessions or morning sessions available. And the other piece is that if there's going to probably be nobody at the location that you want to shoot at. So if you wanted to do like more of like an urban or a downtown sort of session, but you didn't want to deal with a bunch of crowds then the morning is really the best time to do that. So those are some options. Okay. So let's talk about clothing, appropriate clothing. So in the same way that, that hungry kids are unhappy kids, cold or too hot kids are also unhappy kids. Kids are unhappy a lot of the time. So we have to like <laughs> center our work around. don't say. I know getting them happy. So here's the thing. You need to dress them appropriately for the environment and the weather that day. Now I'll, I'll I'm going to give you a story here and I'm going to keep coming back to it. I had a session last week with a family that I've worked with before, but I haven't seen them in, in over a year. And there's a sidebar to that too that I'm going to wait to talk about because I think we have to sort of keep some things in mind, especially for this year and next year that we haven't had to deal with in the past. But we're going to come back to that in a second. So I've worked with Sunny before. They haven't seen me in about a year. In fall in New England, it's it's just a, a bucket of surprise every day as to whether or not it's going to be 40 degrees or it's going to be 80 or it's going to be raining or it's going to be snowing or it's going to be humid. And so last week I was literally sweating because it was like 75 degrees. It was humid. But of course, you know, these families have already gotten their outfits and their clothing together. So they're rolling up and like, you know, sweaters and long sleeves and we're like, okay, we're going to make it work. Um, but here's the thing. If kids are too hot or too cold, they're unhappy. And so I think we have to, as parents, sometimes let go of the idea of everyone being perfectly dressed and decide, do you want everyone to look great in terms of their clothing? Or do you want to really capture authentic emotion? Because you're not going to maybe get both, depending on 
<laughs> on this situation. So layers is great, um, especially if it's the fall time of year, right? So you can bring a sweater, but if it ends up being hot, then you don't have to put the sweater on. Or if it ends up being cold, you can put the sweater on, but you have some options available to you. And here's the thing as well. I don't, even now, my kids are almost nine and 11, and I still don't dress them before we get to the session. <laughs> oh, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> I pack their clothes in the back of my car. I have them on Suitcase. hangers. Well, no. Yep. Not and we get, yeah. Yeah. And we get there and they get dressed. And my 11-year-old could probably be fine. But I never know with those boys if someone's going to trip and fall or get a bloody nose or God knows what else. So I wait till the last minute to get them dressed and we get there. <laughs> I also have a child who is incredibly particular about what he will and will not wear. And so I would say that if you have a kid who is dealing with any sort of sensory issues of any kind, or is just really particular about what they want to wear, then have some options available. And I always bring a backup outfit in my car for a variety of reasons in case that particular child is like, no, I'm not going to put these clothes on or someone trips and falls, or they spill something, or, you know, whatever, they get hit with water, a splash of mud, or, you know, whatever the case might be. It's primarily talking about my children in this situation, because that's exactly what would happen. But I have it in the car, <laughs> and I have it in my bag. So it's a, it's a non-issue. It's not a stressful thing of like, oh my god, someone's pants got dirty, or oh my god, there's blood on that t-shirt. Like, we can just switch them out, and it's all fine. But the other piece about this, too, is that Kids typically struggle if something doesn't fit right. So if the clothes are too big or they're too small or they're scratchy, especially this comes down to shoes too. So uh, don't do what I did this year, <laughs> which was wait until the Oops. day of to get all your outfits oh, together. Yeah. And make sure, now. I know, right? But I did just choose their own clothes. So they, at least they, I knew they fit them and they were comfortable. But, you know, making sure that you have your outfits sort of planned out ahead of time and if you are going to be asking your child to wear something that they don't normally wear, have them try it on and see how they feel. Because the last thing you want is to roll up to your session. They have never tried on these pants or those shoes. And then they're like throwing a fit because they don't fit right or they don't feel good. Good times. Good times. <laughs> good times. So those are sort of like pre-session prep things. So well-rested, calm, you know, hours before the session, feed them, feed them, feed them. And then, you know, clothing and making sure that it's it's weather appropriate, it's environment appropriate, you have a backup outfit with you just in case. Now let's talk about during the session. We're gonna continue with the food trend. <laughs> <laughs> Bribery. Bribery, exactly. I like to call it encouragement. <laughs> sure. Tomato tomato. Sure. It's fine. Yeah. Now, some photographers might, you know, I think you get a cross-section of answers when you talk about this particular topic about, you know, bribery. Here's the thing, okay? Let, let's let's set up this situation, okay? Toddlers and small kids, they're unpredictable under the best of circumstances, okay? So now you're, you're putting them in clothes they don't usually wear in an environment they've never been in before at a time that might not be the most opportune, and then you put me or some other person, a stranger essentially, in front of them, holding a camera in front of my face. And then we're sort of like wondering why they aren't acting like themselves. <laughs> we sort of stacked the deck against toddlers when it comes to, to the family session sometimes. And so or kiddos. I know. So I am all on the encouragement train mm -hmm. because don't we all just need a little bit? Like, let's think about it. Most of us wake up in the morning. We're like, coffee. 
right? Or like, <laughs> you know, even as adults, we're like, ooh, let's go out to dinner so I don't have to cook. Okay, I'll get my work yeah. done. Like we all work on a, we will all that work on a true. reward system. <laughs> so lie. I know. So I think we should not expect our, you know, to not utilize that in, in the session. So let's talk about some things to bring with you that could be helpful for this encouragement. When it comes to snacks or food, for the two and under set of kids, my recommendations are puffs or plain Cheerios. And the reason why is that they are small, they disappear easily, and they don't leave any stains. <laughs> Yay. And if a kid is holding them in their hand, you can't see them. And that works out really well. For the five to seven range, oh, sorry, for the two to five age range, I think fruit snacks can be really great. Cheerios are also, Cheerios are good for any age group, but Cheerios are great too. For the five to seven range, I love Tic Tacs. I don't know. My kids are obsessed with Tic Tacs. I'm not sure why they just are. Same. And so like, I, I don't know. They just are like, they're so cool. They're small, they disappear <laughs> easily. They don't leave any stains. They slip easily into a pocket. Like in that age range, you know, it's safe for them to do. Um, snacks to avoid. Never chocolate. Never. Nope. Don't never do chocolate. <laughs> And I don't Chocolate care. is not your friend in this No, situation. I don't care if it's even those teeny tiny, like the little mini, mini, mini M&Ms. No, hard pass. Don't do it. Don't bring it. Don't do it. It it gets on hands. It gets on clothes. It gets on faces. It gets stuck in teeth. It gets stuck in drool. Like, don't do it. Stuck in drool. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Trust me, as someone who's I'm had a Photoshop. Gross. <laughs> Someone who's had a Photoshop, you know, chocolate drool Ew. out of someone's mouth. Zoom in on the chocolate drool. So never chocolate. Other things to avoid. Um, I actually am not a fan of goldfish because they break apart. They get like mushy and gummy and they get yeah. stuck in teeth. Yeah. Mm-mm. Crackers of any kind, like regular crackers, like like animal crackers, same thing. They get stuck in teeth, like that sort of stuff. So look for things that are going to disappear without a trend. Um, Yogurt melts can be those like freeze dried yogurt melts can be good for little kids too. Not my, wouldn't be my first choice, but if you needed something other than like puffs or Cheerios and here's the thing you want to put a small amount in a baggie in your pocket and you want to give the child the individual like puff or Cheerio you don't want to give them the baggie. You don't want to give them the puffs container. You don't want to give them a snack cup because you will never get it away from them. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're okay with having a snack cup or a puffs container in your pictures, by all means, hand it over to them. If you don't, then don't give it to them. Nope. I also encourage making sure that you have, that you do have like a cup of water or just something for kids, especially if, if you're dealing with a child who is maybe upset or crying, right? We get parched after we cry. We know this. <laughs> so <laughs> having like a cup of water is good and helpful, but those other snacks, like the chocolate, the goldfish, it's not just going to stain them. It's going to stain you because you're going to end up picking up those kids and then you're going to end up with like chocolate all over you. So just never chocolate. I mean, just, I can't repeat that more than enough. And these should be, those should really be used as encouragement, as a reward of, you know, like, and not as like a, Hey, if you do this, then I'll give you this. Like sometimes you have to do that, but maybe it's just more of like a, they had a, you know, they sat there and they smiled, you know, like, wow, look what I have for you. I have a puff or I have a Cheerio or something. And it can go, it can, you know, 
that can that can, <laughs> it can get tricky really quickly, especially with kids under the age of two, right? Because they're like one puff is not going to be enough. So, so just sort of keep that in mind. I would typically like wait and hold on to those and just have them with you. And then typically as a photographer, I will sort of say to my client, like, did you bring what we talked about? (laughs) And then I'll be like, why don't we try that? Well, why don't we bring it out? Why don't we, you know, encourage one or, or whatever on the flip side of that encourage? Absolutely. Yes. Reward. Absolutely. Yes. But never reprimand or threaten. For kids seven and under, but especially for kids under four, if your child is motivated by rewards or encouragement, then that's, that's great. Have those things with you. But I strongly advise against threatening. And I mean, threatening in like, you know, oh, you won't, you know, you won't be able to play Xbox when we get home or you're going to lose this or lose that. That's not going to make your child want to cooperate. It's going to make them upset and sad or angry or mad. And then they're going to be less likely to cooperate. Or you're going to get those like fake smiles that nobody wants. So I strongly advise against threatening or removing rewards due to your child's behavior during the session. As we just talked about, right? We have, we have plopped them in an unfamiliar place and unfamiliar clothes and an unfamiliar person in front of them. And then we're like, Hey, two seconds after we get here, you know, be happy, be, be excited, run around and <laughs> follow directions. Like that's a lot to ask of a grown up. Like if I was thrown into a situation, like networking is my nightmare, so to walk into a room and have to be like, hello, hi, how are you? Like, it, I literally want to crawl in a hole and die. So we need to remember that, you know, who we're working with here <laughs> and that they are children. And like, we need to not be expecting more than they are capable of giving us. That's true. Yeah. And here's <laughs> the thing, like, we all need to be, as a photographer, I am prepared for anything. I'm prepared for hiding, for crying, for cleanliness, general lack of following directions. And as a parent, you have to be prepared for those things too. Yeah. And it's just part of, it's just part, it's just part of, of it. Um, even now with my kids, you know, my kids being older, I still like I get on the other side of the camera and it's like all of that goes out of my brain. It goes out of my head. And I'm like, Oh my God, can't they just stand still? Why are they making that stupid face? Like he's going to ruin every single picture. And like he didn't, it doesn't, it all worked out fine. But when I tell you what, it's like, there's a reason I get family pictures done every year. Part of it is to document family. Part of it is to keep myself humble as a photographer, because it's super important to remember what it feels like to be on the other side of the camera. <laughs> there you go. Because when I'm, when I'm shooting families, when I'm taking pictures of them, I'm as cool as a cucumber. I'm like, this is great. It's so much fun. I love your kids. Like I'm not stressed <laughs> out about it at all. And I can tell mom's having like an internal meltdown, <laughs> right? Dad's about two seconds away from like blowing a stack. And I'm as a photographer, I'm like, this is so much fun. So like I, but I forget that when I get on the other side of the camera. You know, you've hired a photographer to capture your family as you are. So all the perfect imperfection. And if you really just take your energy during a session and you focus it on loving on your kids, on connecting with them, on comforting them, on being present with them, then the pictures are going to be beautiful. But if you spend your energy on reprimanding them or telling them, stand up straight, put your hand in your pocket, don't make that face, get that hair, like just let them be, let them live let me live my life. (laughs) Right. And just focus on being present with your kids. So I want to talk a little bit about, about two sessions that I've had recently that were 
uh, were pretty challenging to be completely honest with you. I had a session uh, two weeks ago, the last week, maybe I don't remember now, two weeks ago, I think with an 18 month old who just was like hard pass. Nope. We're not going to do this today. That's not how this is going to go. (laughs) And you know what? With an 18 month old, like (laughs) you are at their mercy. That is just how this goes. Um, he did not want to be put down at all. He wanted to be held the entire time, which makes total sense. You know, he's still a baby, still little smiles were not plentiful. Uh, there was, there was some, there was some crying and some throwing themselves on the ground type of situation. But here's, here's the thing I knew right from my perspective that I was going to be able to get, I was going to be able to get enough pictures of them because Here's the thing. Even if you have a kid who is refusing to get put down, let me run you through all of the things as a photographer, right? All of the different types of poses that you can do with them. Okay. So each parent can hold them chest to chest. You touch noses, you snuggle in, right? You put them on your hip, you bump them up and down. Like you're giving them a horsey ride. You can do a piggyback ride. You can go up on their shoulders. You can swing them side to side like a baby. You can swing them forward and backward like Superman. You can flip them upside down and bring them back up. You can make a family sandwich. You can kiss both sides of their face at the same time. You can get a ton of variety without ever having to put your child down. And so if that is where they are most comfortable, then leave them where they are most comfortable. If, if the first time you say, hey, why don't you guys, you know, why don't you put down and see if we walk? And the kid's like, nope, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> then then you, it's my job as a photographer to make it work and to make that child feel as comfortable as possible. And so I want to make, I want to just go back to the little sidebar that I was going to mention earlier today or earlier this, in this episode is that our kids, especially our little kids have not been around people (laughs) Uh, very much in the last two years. So if you have a two-year-old or a three-year-old, like they've been living in a very strange world where they have not had a lot of contact with people that are unfamiliar to them And so what I have found this past year is that it has taken kids a lot longer to sort of warm up and feel comfortable because they're just like, I'm not used to this. So I think as a parent and as a photographer, like those are, that's something that is, it is a, it is a factor this year and where it hasn't been in years past, just the sheer, the sheer act of being in front of somebody that they've never met before is, is almost an entirely new situation for them because they've been primarily with family and that's it like an immediate family for the last two years. So keep that in mind. And I would say that in general, as a photographer, I try to sort of ease my way into the sessions and as a parent, right, we've got to give our kids a chance to acclimate for bringing them someplace completely new. They're going to want to explore. They're going to want to look around. They're going to want to see what's happening. So to expect to like pop them out of the car, throw them in clothes and then like stand here and smile and pay attention. Like that's sort of an unreasonable expectation. So as a photographer, when I get to the sessions, I don't even have my cameras out. I don't take my cameras out when I first get there. As soon as the family gets out of the car, I get down on each kid's level. I introduce myself to them. I compliment something about their outfits and I don't stop talking to them the entire session. Even when I'm shooting, I will stop occasionally, put my camera down and then just sort of ask them questions. What is their favorite animal? What is their favorite color? What is their favorite food? What is their favorite game to play? 
And when they tell me their answer, whatever the answer is, this is my response to them. <gasps> no way! That's my favorite too! You've got to be kidding me! I cannot believe we have the favorite color, animal, dinosaur, whatever it is. And with little kids especially, kids of any age really, it helps to create that connection. And the same way that we have those conversations with adults, right? With grownups that it's like, oh, what do you do for work? Oh, what do you like to, you know, what teams do you root for? Like, you know, you're looking for those things to sort of build connections. It's harder with kids, right? For a little kid to relate to an adult, especially when they've never met before. So I'm always like, I can't believe it. Of course, that's your favorite dinosaur. T-Rex is the best. He's the best of all of them. Like, I cannot tell you how many times this year I've had a conversation about T-Rex with a toddler. <laughs> like, it's just sort of how things are going. So it, it helps to create that connection and for ha to have something in common for them to feel special. Like, oh, something that I like, that person likes too. And so now we have this little thing that we can talk about. And it sort of like brings them into, you know, into feeling a little more, a little more comfortable. So the other piece here too is I want to talk another little sidebar really quickly before we jump back into sort of the rest of, of the topics for today is this concept of what type of session you book. I think there is a tendency with families of young kids to, to seek out the mini session. And I get it. I do. I honestly do. Right. Investment wise, it's, it's typically a little bit less time wise. It's a little more succinct. And I think the thought process is there is no way that my child at their age is going to be able to last for an entire session. Like it's just not going to it's just not going to happen. And here's what I will say to you. If if that session with that 18 month old had been a mini session, it is very likely that we would have walked away from that session without enough images just because we had to slow everything down. We had to slow everything down. We had to take more time. I had, a, and again, I had a session, I think I started to mention with a family that I had, um, I had worked with before, but I hadn't seen them in a year. And the first, uh, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes of that session, they have two children, their, their son refused to look at me. <laughs> I'm talking like buried oh, his no. face in his dad's shoulder, would not turn his head at all. So if you're, if you, you really have to know your kids' personalities when it comes to what type of session to book. I could never book a mini session with my kids because they are the exact opposite. They act like wild, feral animals for the first like 25 minutes when they meet somebody new and it takes them a while to like get themselves back under control. So we need like a full hour or more because my kids are going to act like they have no control over themselves for the first 30 minutes. Then we'll be able to calm down. But especially with little kids, like it's funny to me sometimes, like <laughs> just the thought process behind many sessions, right, is they're not going to last that long if it's a if it's a regular session. But you are actually you are actually putting more pressure on yourself and your kids to have to cooperate, to have to behave, to have to do all these things in a short, finite amount of time. So if your kids are not just like easy, go lucky, agreeable, go with the flow kinds of kids, which many, many aren't, then I would actually sort of strongly advise against booking a mini session, unless it's with somebody that you know that they are already comfortable with. So that's just a little, just a little side note there. If, if either one of those sessions had been a mini session, it we, we may have had to reschedule or to reshoot it just because it was, that's just how things were unfolding that day. But because we had nothing but time available to us, 
we could just really slow everything down and let the kids acclimate and let them become more comfortable and change things up. And, you know, I, I had to pull a lot of, a lot of tools out of my bag during those sessions, because a lot of the stuff that I typically do just was not working. So let's talk about, let's talk about that. Like, what do you do if a child is absolutely 100% refusing to cooperate? Well, you have some choices. You have some options. We talked about, right. If you've got a kid that doesn't want to get put down, you can still get a variety of shots and images holding a child. That's where I always have a zoom lens on me. I typically shoot my family sessions with, with two cameras. I have my 35 on one, I have my 85 on the other. And with that 18 month old, that is actually what worked out really well. He did not want me in his space, which I get. I totally 100% understand. So I was able to get the parents some directions and I just backed up. I backed up. I got out of his space. I got out of their space and he was happier when I was further away. And so, you know, during the pictures where he was like, had a death grip on the puffs container and wouldn't let it go. Um, <laughs> you know, I was able to shoot with my 85 and, and crop in close. You couldn't even see the puffs container. You know, he could sit and play with his parents and he was happy there. And so I could shoot them as a family. And then who doesn't love a creamy bokeh background, especially with like the compression of an 85, like it just creates beautiful portraits. So I always have that with me um, because I tend to use it sporadically anyway, but then I have it if I really do need to sort of back up and give the family some space. The other thing that I do is, you know, I, I let all of my clients know <laughs> when they come to our session, like you're going to be, you're going to be playing, you're going to be running and hugging and spinning around. You're going to be throwing kids up in the air. You're going to be dancing, like come prepared because if you are playing and you are focusing the kids on the game, then you're going to be able to capture real emotion. And what finally flipped the switch for that family that I had mentioned before, where they had the, he was, he's three and he like was burying his face in his dad's neck. We changed, we walked around, we, we moved where we were, where we started from. We were at a, a sort of a big open property and we ended up going to a different location. He seemed to sort of be happier there. And then dad put him down and he was like, you know, like death grip on dad's legs. And then I sort of said to him, I said, do you want to run? And he sort of like looked at me and he was like, yeah, I'm like, awesome. Let's do it. So as a photographer, right, I always wear clothes that I know that I can run in, that I can be on the ground in, that I can do all kinds of things with, because I'm getting a cardio workout during these sessions with families, 110%. So kids love to be in on things, right? They love to be in on the game. They love to be on the secret, like all of these things. So one of the first things that I do with little kids is I set, I set mom and dad up like, you know, maybe 15, 20 feet away from them. If the child is comfortable, I had them come over with me and I sort of crouch down to the level and I say, okay, are you ready to run? And they're always like, yes. And so I'm like, are your running legs turned on? And they're they like, look down at their legs and they're like, yes. I'm like, okay, you're going to go. And I whisper this to them. Like, you're going to go run, run to daddy. So there's multiple kids, right? I'll tell them like who to run to. Like, you're going to run to dad. You're going to run to mom or whatever the case is. You're going to run over there and he's going to scoop you up in a big hug. And so you just have to run as fast as you can. And I'm like, but you just wait till I say go. Right. And, but I make it like the parents don't know what's going to go on. And then I'm like, okay, one, two, three, go. And we do that three or four times. And dad picks them up and tosses them in the air and they make a family sandwich. And, you know, 
but it gets the kids moving and it gets them focusing on something else. They're focusing on dad. They're focusing on mom. They're not focusing on me anymore. And so that helps sometimes to sort of break that tension to put them a little bit more at ease because their focus is solely on their family. I'm not asking them to look at me. I'm not asking them to smile. I'm not asking them to do anything other than play with their parents. The other things that I do is, you know, if it seems like, especially like with boys, right, they get a little antsy, right? They don't want to be just standing around all the time. And so I shoot a lot of properties that have like hills. And so I'm like, all right, let's go up the hill. Let's go move it. So they, you know, they run up the hill and of course they want to run down the hill. So I have my camera out and I'm shooting them as they're running toward me. And I'm always like, okay, the only rule is that you can't knock me over, but run past me. Okay. And so even if at the end of the day, you don't actually get any usable images from that, it doesn't really matter because you're going to be able to, to work with them after that. I, I'll have little kids chase me and I'll just run backwards and I'll shoot while I'm running. And those pictures come out super fun sometimes because they are laughing and they are, you know, they're trying to get you and they're, you know, and I'm like, you're too slow. You're too slow. You're too fast. You're too fast. Like when I say that I am sweating at the end of a session, (laughs) I'm 110% serious, (laughs) like sweating, but we're constantly moving from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. And so, you know, we're, they're, you know, we're playing the parachute game with the blanket and the kids are running under the blanket toward me. And, you know, we're playing ring around the Rosie and dad's throwing kids up in the air and we're pig piling on the ground. And, you know, I'm having the kids run in a circle around their parents. Like they're just constantly moving all the time. And then, you know, there's certain moments where we sort of slow things down. It's like, I get everyone situated on a blanket and they all sit together and they snuggle in and it's, you know, and it's cozy and it's comfortable or, you know, like sometimes you just have to keep things moving. So like with the situation with that, with that three-year-old, he was like, I'm moving, I'm going, you just got to keep up with me. So one of the things that I have found sometimes works too with, with little kids, like maybe under the age of, of five is if you want to right? cause I think every, every mom, right. Every, every parent wants just, just one, I just want one picture of everybody looking at the camera and one of the good ways that I've found to accomplish this a, is I typically try to do it first. If the kids are cooperative, like we do that first, we get it out of the way or the kids have taken a while to warm up. Then I do it towards the end. But what I say to the child is I'm like, okay, are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. And so we have them stand or we have them sit, whatever they're going to do. And then I say to them, I'm going to count backwards from 10 to one. And when we get to one, you are going to be able to run. But while I am counting, I need you to look right at me. And so I'm counting 10, nine, eight, seven, six, and I'm shooting, 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 shooting. And then we get to one and I'm like, run. And so they take off. And so typically that helps. Or if we think 10 seconds is too long and they're not able to hold their attention, then start at five, (laughs) you know, but it keeps them engaged and they're like waiting, right? They're, they're anticipating, they're waiting. They're going to be able to go do something fun. They just have to stand here for five seconds. They can absolutely do that. So those are just some, some tips of terms of like how to engage kids and how to sort of put them at ease. And then when it comes to the parents, you just need to repeatedly reassure them that everything is fine. (laughs) Maybe you're lying to them and that's okay. Because honestly, in that 18 month old session, I was like, I I mean, I I feel like we have enough probably. (laughs) I hope I feel pretty confident. There's at least there's at least 30 good ones in there. So I think I think we're okay, you know, and so it was just like, I mean, what are you going to do? Right. If a kid is like over it and it's not it's not 
just not wanting to participate or cooperate in the way that maybe the parents wanted to or the way that I would normally run a session, it's my job as the paid professional there to like make sure that it works and to get the pictures anyway, regardless. And so, you know, the very end of the session, you know, we were able to get some, some great shots of him smiling and laughing and with his parents. And, you know, I sent them to his mom and she was like, Oh my God, I can't believe that you were able to get these pictures. And it was like, yeah, we were like, it was not without work, but, but we got them. And so just reassuring the parents repeatedly that they're like, everything is fine. The kids are okay. Whatever they do, if they run away, they're going to come back. Like <laughs> I haven't lost a kid yet. You know, they're gonna come back. <laughs> they are. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you want a surefire way to get kids back in the picture, put the parents together. I kid yeah, you not. Right. That's so true. <laughs> the second I'm like, fine, I don't want you in these pictures. No, go ahead. You go play. You take a break. I'm like, we're going to take pictures of, of, you know, of your parents together. The kids are like Velcro. They're like, wait, what? Mom and dad are getting a picture without me. You've got to be kidding me. And boom, they come running over. And the other thing too, is that sometimes, sometimes I have to separate the kids from their parents. <laughs> 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 sometimes there's just, you know, as much as mom or dad is trying to like, keep it, keep their cool. Right. Here's the thing. We know this, that our kids behave better for other people than they do for us. True story. <laughs> right. My kids teachers are like, they're so well behaved. And I'm like, we must not have the same child. And <laughs> You know, so sometimes it's like, hey, why don't you guys come over here with me for a second? And we're, you know, mom and dad are going to take a break. And so then the kids are like, cool, I get to go somewhere else. I get to go without mom and dad. And, you know, I'm not like taking them miles away, but we're going, you know, we're going, you know, 50, 60 feet away from mom and dad where I can just talk to them and we can just play. And there's not that that pressure on the kids of like, oh, mom and dad are watching. Oh, oh mom and dad are asking me to do this. Well, I'm not going to do it because mom and dad are asking me, but I might do it if this strange lady asks me. So <laughs> person. <laughs> yeah. So I do that sometimes too. I find that works actually really well with, with boys. So if I'm trying to do individual pictures of, of boys, I always try to get individual shots of kids during the session. So if I am trying to do individual shots of boys, typically they're not always super comfortable, like having their picture taken by themselves in front of their siblings or in front of their parents. And so I'll sort of pull them to the side, turn them away so that everyone's behind them and they can't see them. And then it's just me and me and him. And we're talking and I'm asking him questions. And honestly, I probably am talking more than I'm shooting. You know, I ask a question, I crack a joke, I make some sort of like, you know, poop comment. And then, you know, that typically <laughs> brings out the smiles. And then, then I shoot, but we spend more time talking than I do shooting when I'm working with kids individually, one-on-one, -on -one. um, especially with boys, especially with boys that are, you know, seven to 15. And that's just more to sort of put them at ease and help them feel comfortable. And if I'm cracking a joke with them or making some sort of like stupid, you know, like boy humor thing, then I'm going to crack that joke. I'm going to wait for them to laugh and then I'm going to take the picture. And so there's, those are just some things to sort of think about and consider and to know sort of the, the demographic that you're working with and, and what, what works well for them or what can work well. And sometimes you just kind of throw stuff against the wall and see what it does. And sometimes as a photographer, you just have to abandon your normal workflow and be like, well, <laughs> we're just going to make this work. Like we're just going to think outside the box and we're going to do different things. And, and, and that's okay. And it's also okay. And we said this before, as we wrap up here, it's okay to take a minute, right? It's okay to say, you know what? Why don't you sit down? Why don't you give him a snack? Why don't you give him a drink? We're all just going to take, take five minutes and just 
let the parents recoup, let the kids calm down. And as a photographer, you take a minute to sort of reassess and figure out what you need to do differently, what you need to change or how you need to approach the rest of the session. And that's honestly what, what I did with that session with the 18 month old. I was like, okay, so walking, sitting, not options. He wants them to stand. He wants them to move. He wants to be held. So this is what we're going to do. And at the end of the session, that's when we got those best, those, the best pictures was at the end after we were like, okay, we're going to throw everything else away and we're just going to focus on this stuff. And it's okay. It's okay for you to take a minute and, and just say, we just, I think everyone needs a couple of minutes here to just sort of regroup. So why don't we do that? Let's take a moment, take a breath. And we're going to re we're going to reconvene here in just a couple minutes. And it's okay to do that. Like, so don't feel like that makes you look like you don't know what you're doing. I would much rather my photographer say like, let's take a second than to just keep powering or trying to power through. Sometimes you can, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And if it's looking like it's not that power through is not going to work, then don't do it and just take a minute. So as we are all wrapping up our busy seasons here, we hope that was helpful <laughs> for both for the parent as a parent, if you're getting pictures taken, if you're taking pictures of families, some tips and some tricks for you to, to sort of like really be able to make the session as, as, as easy and as comfortable and as good as it can be. And at the end of the day, it's going to be what it's going to be. And my focus is always just, you know, capturing your family as they are, as it is right now. There was, there was a very strong possibility this year for our family photos that there was only going to be four of us in them instead of five, because one of my kids was like, I'm not doing it. And I just looked at him and I said, okay. <laughs> like, like, okay. Them all. Whatever. Yeah, I'm like, so I said to him, Fine. I said, you know, you have to come because I can't leave you home. And if you don't want to be in them, then you don't, then don't be in them. And that, that's, it's fine. I'm not going to fight with you about it. And at the last minute, he was like, fine, I'll do it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> it, it always works that way, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it, it really, honestly, it could have gone either way. <laughs> it could have been like, F you, mom, I'm not doing it this year. And it'll be a funny story to look back on when, it would you know. Be. It wouldn't uh, be like in that moment because you'd probably be fuming on the inside. But, yep. you know, he'll just have to explain why he wasn't in the family photo that year. <laughs> That's just the one. Yeah, exactly. Like, remember that year when you refused to be in the pictures with us? <laughs> Good times. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, well hang friends. in there, everybody. We're, we're close. We're almost, we're almost ready. Almost, almost holiday done. time. Oh, yes. Yay. I know we're going to have to put our, our holiday podcast. need to wake podcast. up like sometime soon because I have not been involved in Halloween whatsoever. No. I'm on a short list now of time. I better yep. kick my ass into gear. <laughs> Holy schmoly. Holy schmoly. All right, friends. We'll sign off and leave you with all this lots of good info. And uh, hope you enjoy your sessions, whether you're in them or, you know, behind the lens. And happy shooting and smiling. Yay. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like living with hobbits i totally forgot i had muted myself <laughs> <laughs> i'm just sitting here like yeah <laughs>